So ego is a crazy thing we deal with on a daily day basis. It's what makes us who we are, majority of us. They always tell you in a spiritual retreat that you go to drop the ego. You know, in therapy, they always want you to drop the ego. You know, because the ego prevents you from actually learning and to opening up and exploring because we're so concerned about who we are and about what we think of ourselves and what others think of us. And it's this just thing that happens. Sorry if my phone ever goes off. I got people calling me and stuff all the time. Um, I, I do record this on my phone. And the one thing that I don't do is I don't listen to uh, my recordings. I don't really listen to them. I just record them. And I go, you know what? I know what I said. I spoke from the heart. I spoke the truth. Just post it and go. I have other things that I want to do during the day. And I didn't listen to one, uh, the wind blowing into my microphone of uh, my phone, which must have been so annoying. So, you know, to the 20 people who have watched uh, all three of the podcasts and the last three podcasts, thank you very much. Whether again, it's, you know, same six people and I've gained three extras. Hey, hallelujah. You know, four extras. Awesome. You know, regardless, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is Prison Rules. My name is Mike Olton. I'm inside my van today at the park. Instead of going for the walk, I'm going to just record from inside the van. Seems like a better idea. Better idea. I hope you're all well. This is uh, episode four of Prison Rules. Prison Rules uh, is a podcast that is all about using prison rules to... Uh, help you improve your life and hopefully you can apply some of these rules to uh to your life if you're looking for happiness or you're looking for a purpose or you're looking for just a reason to get up out of bed every day and you don't know what to do you know what some of these rules that i'm going to give to you are rules that i used to get myself away from prison and they also were rules that uh, i use and i tell some of my clients to use if they're just looking to get out of a funk or do something different with their life. Because we all go through this stuff. You know, being in prison is one thing. But sometimes a lot of us are in prisons in our own life and in our own world. You don't have to be locked up. You can be in a bad relationship or you can be in a horrible job. Or you can just be in your head about some trauma that happened to you. Or, you know, something that's happened to you in your life and you can't get away from it. You know these are all realities. These are all forms of prison. And my steps, I hope, will just give you an idea, not even an idea, but give you exercises to do that will bring you out of that funk, man. I'm telling you, everybody goes through what you're going through. If you're listening to this podcast, you either really like my voice or you really need to find some answers for your life. And I hope that you apply prison rules to your life because they will 100% change your life all right my situation went from really bad to really great and it didn't involve making a ton of money and it didn't involve being with a whole bunch of friends and it didn't involve having a whole bunch of things what it really came down to was getting rid of as many things as I could and being hyper-focused on myself, which leads us to today's prison rule, uh, which is uh, prison rule number four, 
which is stop making friends and limit your friends. I know Drake said it, no new friends. And, you know, he had something when he said that. That's probably, you know, one of the more uh, things that I could relate to with Drake is in the bank, making no new friends, limiting your friends, right? There's something about having friends in prison that is either dangerous, can be dangerous, or can be very beneficial. I was, I'm going to tell you a story here that's going to lead us into our our story about friends. Um, It was 2005, I was in Matsqui Penitentiary, and uh, a guy came into the prison named Rick Scarpino. Rick Scarpino is a notorious gangster from British Columbia, Vancouver. He, uh, I had known about him growing up in Victoria. Uh, he was a guy that was started there, and he was he was a big fish in a small pond. At least he thought he was a big fish. And you know that's all really basic you need, and and the and the drug game. You just need to back in the nineties. It didn't matter if you had a gun or not. It's how much game you could talk and how really tough and manipulative you were. That's really all it was. There was no, you know, big X-Force. There was no X-Factor back then. Basically, all it was was you're tough, drug dealer. Yeah, you could say anything. And, you know, and he had the game wrapped. I mean, the way he talked to people and the way he could manipulate people was like no other criminal I've ever met in my life. You know, very manipulative. And we were in prison, and uh, prior to this, Rick and I had um, not a really great relationship. You know, he had done some wrong to somebody that I really cared about, and um, and when I first saw him come in, my very first thought was, dude, I'm going to make friends with this guy, and I'm going to set him up, because I know how smart he is, and I know my friend would appreciate this. And I'm in jail, so what the fuck? Let's just become friends with the guy, and then eventually, you know, that'll happen. Yes, it was sinister thinking. That's how I thought back then in 2003, 2004, something like that. And that's how I thought, you know. I, 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 you know, I really didn't care about my life, and I didn't care about other people except this one friend. So that was my initial thought, right, going into that relationship. But... What was really strange and what's really weird about prison is that you are with everybody else in prison at their lowest point. And most of the time, very, very self-aware people, um, which Rick was, he was able to lower himself to a certain point so he could go under the radar, right? He would still hold a mightier than thou personality and attitude with most people, but most of the time he just kind of rode under the radar, uh, and, you know, I did become friends with them. Uh, we did, you know, I, I call friends with uh, with the finger hyphens because I wasn't really his friend in the beginning. That's what makes the story so unique is that I went in with really not, you know, not the best intentions. But then I got to know the guy and I started to realize, man, we're all flawed and fucked up. And this guy's a human being. And, you know, because I'd been in prison for so long, I had lost the street mentality. It had been years, five years at least that had been away from that street mentality. So everything to me was like prison. It was about building myself up and building my self-esteem and, you know, not 
causing grief but trying to create positivity and there was a lot of that stuff in my life at that time and so when Rick came around you know the anger and the ire that I had for what he had done to someone that I cared about had basically disappeared out of sight out of mind time has passed and you forget about shit and you know I went into that relationship like I said with different intentions and within you know a year uh the 100 percent had changed you know you get to know the real person and you can't have uh you sort of start to empathize with people, you know, about what they've gone through. And, you know, you connect and it's, those things happen. So anyways, uh, so Rick and I became friends in there. And, you know, we started working out together and we would uh, we would go to writing together. We wrote a book, a book, a screenplay, whatever. We'd write stuff and send it back and forth. And you create this prison relationship, you know, when you're inside and you're with somebody, you are with that person. And if one person goes, then we all go type of thing, right? That's, you know, who you hang out with and who you're affiliated with in prison is your group. All right. And if that person in that situation gets in a problem with somebody, you are are in the problem with that person as well. So these are all things, you know, going into this. So if you don't want to get into any conflict in prison, don't hang out with controversial people. Right. So one morning, uh, it was early in the morning, about seven o'clock a.m. All the doors in prison would buzz open at one point and boom all the doors buzzed open the same time everybody leaves for breakfast right if you don't feel like having breakfast you just close your door you just leave it open and the guards will come by and they'll close it right so it's a very loosey-goosey style medium security prison at that point um i was in the room right next to rick and i was waiting to get up i was gonna get up for breakfast and i was like debating whether i was or not And, and then i hear his door open and then all of a sudden it slams shut. And then all of a sudden I hear this, ah, 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 like screaming, like, oh my God, like someone's getting attacked. Well, Rick was getting attacked. Uh, two masked men had gone in there and uh, tried to kill him. And I heard on the, uh, I heard the banging next door and I knew what was happening. And this is the really weird part. And this is the part about prison that maybe you understand or maybe you won't understand. But... I heard that happening and you know what I hate to say this because he's well, I don't know what who cares this is the truth you know I could have let it just go down and happen and the fact that I was there and that I heard it happening if I hadn't have stepped in there and helped him out I would have looked like a really bad friend but then I also would have become the next victim of whoever put the hit on him Right, Because I had hung out with him, if I had just stood by and been weak and not let it happen, the next hit would have been on me. And so I knew at that moment, my brain, because I, even though I was away from the street, you can't take the street out of the man. You can take the man off the street, but you can't take the street off the man in the long run. Uh, so my brain kicked into action. I knew that I had to save him because if I didn't save him and show strength, I was going to be next. So I, w- uh, so I went to my buzzer. We buzzed the door and the, the guard in the bubble's like, yeah, I said, hey, my friend. And I said to them in the buzzer, my friend accidentally locked his door. Can you please open it up? So they opened up the door. I raced in there and disarmed the two assailants who were stabbing him. Rick was completely naked, bleeding, right? I disarmed the two guys. I almost killed one guy. Like the guards came and they were like, you know, telling me to get off of him, get off of him. You know, and that's this and that. I finally got off and, you know, they took us all to the hole. 
uh, and I'd seen the two mask guys, I ripped their masks off, like, they were just two guys, like, I overpowered them and beat them down, it was crazy, in this little cell, it's hilarious, um, so, we went to the hole, I'm in the hole, they sent Rick to protective custody, and they looked at me, and they're like, what are we gonna do with you, and I said, I'm not scared, I didn't do anything, I'm not going to protective custody, you know, you're going to send me back. They're like, well, are you going to cause any problem? I'm like, causing problem? Like, why would I cause any problem? I, I was just helping my Rick, right? And they're like, oh, okay. And so they were like, ho-hum. And they're like, okay, we'll send you back. And I was, as I'm going back, you know, you're carrying your bedroll. It was just like in the movies, dude. Like how you see a new inmate coming in and he's carrying his bedroll and all his stuff in his arms. And everyone's like, yeah, saying things to him. Hey, fish, blah, blah, blah. It was kind of like that with me, only the silent treatment. So as I was rolling in there, uh, it was quiet. Nobody was talking to me. I was like a leper of society, the scarlet letter. You know, and I had to sleep with a knife under my pillow for six months. Like, I had to, you know, nobody would talk to me. One person was my friend. Like, nobody would be my friend. It was fucking brutal, man. The whole, there was a hit on me. You know, uh, the lifer group and another group had almost gone to war over it. Like, had some really great people step up for me. You know, Ross... Uh, Roscoe Ross Mooring stepped up for me, solid guy. You know, Norman Rail stepped up for me, solid. You know what I mean? Like, it was a lot of things. James James Rossetti, I don't know. He stepped up for me, solid guy. Can I say that name? I don't know. It doesn't matter. You all know who we are. You know? These are all people, you know, stood by themselves. They were totally self-aware, and they were like, we know who you are, we know what you did, and it's all good. But most of the part of the jail were junkies, thieves, and uh, and, uh, and you know, the, uh, the asshole, it was the asshole center of the prison world. So, you know, it weren't the best people there and I had to deal with that, man. And I, you know, eventually I, I got through it. Uh, eventually I found the guy who was doing the threats and I confronted him and putting the, putting the hit out on me. I confronted him. It was a little thing and everything smoothed over. And then everybody was fake friends again, all again. That's all. Cause that's all prison is. I'm telling you right now, it's all fake Facebook friends. That's why criminals do so well on Facebook when they get out of prison, because it's not real, you know, fake friends. Uh, so that was that, dude. And I, what I learned from that uh, little situation is was more so than ever is that you are associated with who you associate with. And I, what I've realized that out on the street here in real life is that happiness is 100%, uh, you know, predicated by who you, who you are around, you know, if you are around someone miserable all the time, you're not going to be happy. You're just going to be miserable, right? You know, in jail, you know, you're responsible for who you're with. It's plain and simple. I was responsible at that point for who I was with, or I was going to be the next one they snuck up on. It's the same on the street when it comes to your happiness, man. The more people that you have around me, the worse you are right? You end up trying to please too many people and it just drags your attention down on yourself. You know, the key to self or the key to happiness is self-awareness and self-improvement. Doing those two things, being those two things and doing those, you know, doing that, being it and doing it, right? That is the true key to your happiness, right? It's what I had to do. That was the number one, the very first thing I had to do in order to truly be happy in my life was to leave all of my old friends. Had to get rid of all of my friends from the past. And as much as it pained me to do that, I knew that if 
when it came around again and we were all in better circumstances and we were truly friends, then we would be friends, right? But if we weren't, yes, then I left you, good. You go your way, I go my way, and we all seek, we all have our own path to try to seek happiness in life. So I hope that they do it, right? Now, what did I have to do to change my life? It was, it was leave my friends, you know, and I'm going to give you some advice when it comes to friends, because a lot of people are very uh, social butterflies. You know, they're extroverted. They need a lot of people around them. And I want to hear, I here want to give you some reasons why you will actually become happier if you have less people around you. Now, it doesn't mean to go hermit yourself and be on constant quarantine isolation. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that, you know, Sometimes if you have a lot of people around you, you are missing really what is the true intention of your being and why it is that you're supposed to be, you know, doing what you do on a day-to-day basis. You know, why you, what is your purpose on life, right? You know, what I did, the very first thing is I chose one person that was the most positive influence on my life, which was Ange, my girlfriend. Uh, I've known her since 1993. She's never misled me, always led me down a good path. So I chose her as the keystone to the next part of my life. That is the bent, that is the boop, the stake in the ground. Everything that uh, I come from friend wise, like in creating my circle needs to involve her in it and needs to have her in the center of it or around it. That's the most important part. Um, I dropped everybody else. And it's a harsh way to say it, but there's no other way to say you just move on. You grow up. You know, you think about uh, high school, you know, after high school, a lot of people, they don't stick around. They try, they try to make it work and they try to like stay together, do do things, you know, outside, but it, it sometimes never happens. You just go on with your own life. Some people get married, some people move for jobs, some people go to schools. It's just hard to hold on, you know, and as adults, men or women, you're not supposed to hold on to people this long. You know, it's great to have lifelong friendships with one or two people, but can you have lifelong friendships with 20 people or 10 people? No, it's impossible. You can't spread yourself out that thin. You need to narrow it down, right? Happiness is not from an abundance of things. Happiness comes from an abundance of nothing, right? Your a true happiness in yourself is being content with wanting nothing and having nothing but what you are given, you know, in life, you know, your personality and your, you know, your abilities and your talents and your, you know, these things that you're just given that you're just given, we take for granted. That's what truly makes you happy. And when you focus on those things, that's where you'll find your happiness. It's not in a lot of different things, cars and houses and a bunch of money and stuff. It's not in that. It's not in having a bunch of friends, right? What it is, is it's just being yourself and being content with yourself right? And the third thing I did was I had to make new friends based on two things that I found were important characteristics in people. And, uh, I had to really think about that compared to myself and where my life wanted, where I wanted to go with my life and where I'd been. And I found that the two, uh, important factors are, uh, character and vision, right? So if someone has character and they have vision, then, uh, that to me are the basis points of my, of my friendship and future, right? Only think of the future, not the past. Go forward. Think of the forward, not the reverse. Um, how did keeping my friends small make me happy? 
All right, so I'm going to give you a few uh, a few things here, uh, maybe like probably five, I'm going to guess. Five things that, um, reasons why keeping your circle small will actually make you happier right now. Number one, uh, when you keep your circle small, you actually have the chance to grow with some people, right? Or one person, right? You have a chance as you get older, you know, to actually grow and learn from each other. When you have a big group of people, everybody grows in different directions. It always happens. People go different directions. Um, and so you never really get a chance to uh, focus in on any great qualities, right? So, so, you know, when you have a smaller group, you know, just think about this. When you were younger, and I'm going to go back to high school, right? You would spread your attention around to care about all your friends. You had big circles of friends, right? So you'd, you'd be able to spread your attention. You know, remember those nights of like, uh, st- uh, right, staying up late, talking on the phone, you know, or, you know, holding your friend's hair when they're drunk, right? Or just like the things that you would do to create that bond. And you would do that with a lot of different friends, right? You guys have a lot of different, maybe group friends, right? In in big groups, you may get close to one person, right? That And that's supposed to how it is, but you spread your attention out and you start to realize that in the end, you just go to one person, right? So that's the secret to really being happy now in your life is to take away all those excess people that you're having to spread attention to, right? That it's unnecessary. Think of all the people in your life you small chat with. Unnecessary, right? Think of all the people in in your life you have deep, meaningful conversations with. Those are the people you need to keep in your circle. Everybody else, gone. You And when you do that, you create a tight value team, right? Right. And then you actually start to value having a tight team, right? Think about that. You create a tight value team, right? Your team is small, so it's value, right? And then you start to realize the value of having that tight team by the chance that you get to actually know people and care about people long-term, but you also get to turn all that unwanted chit-chat attention to yourself, which is the secret to being happy is being able to devote pure attention to yourself, right? Number two, the reason uh, to have small circle of friends is that you can just be yourself, right? With a big circle, you have to juggle tons of different personalities. But when you have a small group with friends, you are, you have just a group of friends who are cool with you being you. That's the most important part to being happy. I know every part's important, (laughs) Right? But that's an important part is that you're able to just be yourself. Right? Be, changing your personality to match too many different people leads you to live fake lives. You don't want to live fake. You don't want to have to. You do. You, we all know this person that wears something you can't tell them exactly how you think they look because they'll take it personal. Or their hair looks bad. You can't tell them this because they'll take it personal. Or they're raising their kids wrong. You can't tell them this because they take it personal, right? Those people you cannot have in your life. As close as they are, they could be friends, tight friends. They could be family. That's this and that, right? But if you cannot be yourself around these people, then you are wasting your life. 
Uh, when I was in prison in Mexico, I read a book called Man in Full by Tom Wolfe. And in that book, one of the characters uh, was reading a book in prison that was by a philo- uh, philosopher, Epictetus. Epictetus was an old philosopher. He's like the same as so- uh, uh, Socrates and um, uh, what's the other guy? Sorrento or something. I can't remember his name. Anyway, there's a couple good Stoic philosophers. It was Stoicism. That's where, That was my first introduction to Stoicism, actually. And he, there was a quote in there that Epictetus has said that uh, had said um, it said uh, you can you can't be a new man and still be loved by your old friends because your old friends will basically want the old person it makes it easier to deal with I'm paraphrasing that right it makes it easier to deal with the old person not the new person right and that's the thing when you when you are yourself you're in your purest form of honesty and when you're there uh, if people can't accept you then you have to have to move on it's just the next step uh number three smaller groups you're able to evolve together uh what i've noticed here is that you keep your circle small you all grow and evolve together right bigger groups some guys might get left behind technologically they can't keep up or or physically they can't keep up or mentally any way right you know financially in some groups too right when you are in a smaller group tighter knit you guys evolve together and as you do this together you start to actually learn from the people around you, right? And bigger groups, uh, good thing about big groups and having big groups of people is that it's a super creative uh, environment. You can stimulate new ideas, listen to a bunch of people's different ideas, but that's really great for creative. But if you're looking for happiness in your life, smaller the better, right? Evolution and innovation is the key to the future, right? It's the key to success in the future is innovation. So creating yourself, being able to evolve with the people around you and grow as a strong team and weather through all these changes that are always happening in our life, you'll be happier in the long run because you can be yourself and evolve with other people who are being themselves and create a great future for yourselves. Um, the other thing I think, probably would be good for having a small uh, circle is support network um you have a closer-knit group right and it's a good support network they understand you you don't have to explain yourself you don't have to explain everything you do because they understand you already with a bigger group you have to have more explanations you have to talk all the time you have to always explain what you're doing and sometimes repeating yourself is a way to really be unhappy always repeating yourself right so when you have a smaller group uh you can people will understand you and your group will support you man and you know and you will be able to be yourself, right? Like being yourself and not explaining yourself feels good. You know, people can step up and say, yeah, I know, Mike. I know what you're going through. I, I know you, right? When someone says, I know you, and you believe it, it doesn't, doesn't that feel good? You know, when you can put your head on someone's shoulder and trust that they truly know you. Yeah, man, that's what the small circle provides. Big circles, come on, let's go out and get drunk. Ah, let's all go out, la, ba, ba, ba right? Let's fucking sweep things under the rug. With bigger circles, you don't have a chance for intimacy with people. They don't get a chance to know you. They just teach you their bad habits on how to deal with stuff. All right, number five, I guess, uh, in small groups, I'd say probably number five is um, uh, in smaller groups, you can focus more on self-improvement and you can focus more on quality personal relationships, but self-improvement is really, really big, right? Um, Being able to put half of your attention or most of your attention on yourself 
is uh, is really big. And that's really what Stoicism is all about. Like so Stoics see the world as it is while pursuing self-improvement. That's the definition of Stoicism, basically, right? Is seeing the world for what it is. This is reality. I live in COVID. I'm in Coronaville. Life sucks. I have no job, you know, but amidst all this shit, I'm going to focus on making myself better. So for me, myself, during this situation, and hopefully this helps you, I don't like to compare, but I am a wedding entertainer and DJ. Weddings are done for 2020. What do I do? Do I sit here for the next eight months or whatever it is, right? Eight months dwelling on the fact that I'm not going to do this anymore? Or do I say, you know what? Switch up careers. Let's switch up. And that's what I'm doing. Switching up careers, right? It's time to take a different path towards success. I'm still wanting success. And yes, I still want to be famous. And yes, I want to do this, right? But I have to change up in order to be happy, right? I have four virtues that I live with, right? One, it's using practical wisdom, right? So making calm decisions that are totally rational, even though I'm a complete fucking dreamer, right? I want to really uh, practice using wisdom. So I, you'll see me in the room a lot, the quiet one listening and observing and watching and learning. When someone's out there flailing or someone out is out there being an ass or someone's out there angry, I learn from that person while I watch them, right? That helps me build myself and make myself better for my team, for my family, right? Um, the second virtue I have is courage, right? I try to do the right thing and face daily challenges with integrity and a clear mind. Every day I try to do the right thing, not just by myself, but by the number one person in my social circle, which is my girlfriend, Angela, right? Make sure not to bring her any stress. Make sure not to bring her any danger and grief, right? I try to do the right thing with my friends and with everybody in my business, right? Give back deposits. You know, if this pandemic happens, you know, honor what I try to do in business, right? I have a hard time sometimes with uh, honoring appointments because I have anxiety issues. So I, I have to, I'm sometimes guarded by that. Sometimes I go into full blown panic attacks, not a lot all the time, but sometimes it happens. So I try to honor everything, right? Face my daily challenges hundred percent. There is a daily, we live in a daily challenge right now. Uh, number third virtue I live by is justice. Dude, straight up treating every human being fairly, regardless of their stature in life is number one, most important part. Don't judge. Don't be racist, right? Don't do it. We're not those people. We don't want it to happen to us. Don't do it to other people. Everybody deserves to be heard. Everybody deserves a chance for a second chance. Everybody deserves a chance at redemption. Everybody deserves a chance to become your friend. Don't shut them down just for what you think is something about them, right? And when you do that, you'll be happy, man. Everyone deserves justice. Number four virtue I live by is temperance. Do temperance, exercising self-control all the time, not flipping out, punching out, freaking out, exercise self-control and moderation. Don't do too many drugs. Don't do everything by excess. Don't buy. Don't try to make too much money. Don't try to spend too much money. Do everything in moderation in all aspects of life. Those four virtues, dude. Think about it. Practical wisdom, courage, justice, and temperance, right? Those are the four virtues I live by every day. And that's what causes me to always be happy. It's what caused me to get out of this life of crime and into a 
just a more pro-social life that I feel good about. And it's only getting better and better. When you live by virtues and any kind of virtues, whatever you suffer, you could set those for yourself or set your own, right? But when you create virtues for yourself, you know, you create these rules that you live by, you will start finding that happiness will come naturally. You won't even have to try to find it because you will be living in this bubble of self-awareness and confidence that you never had before. Listen, getting rid of people isn't just for high school students, all right? It'll allow you to do the things that will make you the happiest, which number one should be thinking about yourself and self-improving. To find happiness, you need to find yourself. When you focus on others, you can't figure yourself out. Self-improvement is the key to being successful. Whatever success is to you, I don't know, whether it's money or it's job success, whatever it is. Self-improvement is the key to finding that success. I hope you guys take this prison rule. Don't make friends. Don't make friends in prison. All right. That's rule number. That should be one, but that's a big one. But not only not don't make friends, but just be very cautious of the friends around you and limit yourself and limit your circle. I really appreciate you guys listening. Please subscribe to anything I'm doing, whether it's Crowbar City online or if it's uh, or if it's anything with my name on it. Right? Please go to the Crowbar City podcast and, and subscribe to us there. Check out all the content we have. we got great podcasts coming up. Uh, we've got great podcasts of criminals talking to criminals uh, and just really digging deep into the minds of psychopaths, sociopaths, and also all-around great guys. So join me for those podcasts coming up very shortly. But this has been Prison Rules. I hope you guys all have a great weekend, and I'll see you again.